Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. All hit radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. There's a point on a western bay and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailors say brandy. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all other social media, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you on the Exxon TV channel, on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. Brandy Stark, and uh, she started the Spirits of St. Petersburg back in 1997 when she first started her academic research into the role of the liminal. Now, she took her research to conferences and expanded into studying the lore and legends of Tampa Bay. She was able to utilize her connections at the University of South Florida to do her first official ghost hunt in 1999 which she later wrote up as an article for the USFSP student paper, The Crow's Nest. From there, well, she did talks in local community and met other individuals curious about the supernatural. She officially founded the Spirits of St. Petersburg Paranormal Investigation Team in 2000, and it remains a very active group today. And joining me now is Dr. Brandy Stark. And Dr. Brandy, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thank you so much. I, I think this has been truly a year, so <sighs> I'm so excited to be back. Well, it, it has been a year, and it has been a year, I think, for everybody <laughs> listening with COVID, political unrest. Uh, <sighs> oh, crazy. 
It, oh, it and has been. 2020 was just a downer, and 2021 is just this weird mix of good and bad, like uh, at the same time, constantly. So I'm really hoping that 2022. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the year. I don't know. And if not 2022, we've got 2023. And no, it's got to get better. better. It's got to get better. It truly does. I hope so. Yeah, sure. Surely it does. So this year, uh, mm -hmm. in the middle of September, uh, I slipped, taking my pugs out uh, and broke my ankle. And it's my first broken bone. I had my first surgery. Discovered I'm allergic to anesthesia. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And then it was Halloween season, so for the past six weeks, I've been doing everything on a broken angle, which has been a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, my good Lord. Yeah, what a way to, start, to to do the holiday season this year, but I'm happy well, to say I have three weeks left in the boot, and uh, hopefully that will be coming off, and uh, the doctor seems pleased, uh, even though I got a couple lectures mm -hmm. on doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so you spent your Halloween season like that. I spent my Christmas season last year after after uh, just shattering my 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 pelvis on my right hand side Ooh. and and my femur. Oh, uh, yeah, I fell off the roof putting up Christmas tree lights for my wife. Oh no! Oh yeah. So I spent from November, I think it was no, it's nearly a year. Uh, a good month, uh, uh, 10 days in the surgical ward of a local hospital, and then they transferred me to rehab. And there was no way I was going to spend Christmas in the hall in, uh, in the hospital. So they were able to do some magic, and I was home for Christmas. And, well, here I am today. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, boy, it's, you, you got to watch the ones you love, right? <laughs> so... Oh, that's, uh, but I'm glad to hear you are feeling better. And so I, and awesome. I, and I am glad to hear you're feeling better as well. Mind you, you should stay off your, uh, your ankle. I'm doing my best. Yeah. I'm getting permission that after this week, I can actually stop using the knee scooter. Uh, but I, I've been joking with folks saying that I am now, uh, my first step to becoming the truly bionic woman. So I've got a <laughs> plate and seven screws in the ankle to Ooh. get back together. But you know, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey that she's yes, there. Yes, certainly. I learned a lot. <laughs> well, that's great. Tell me, is there, is there anything new and exciting in the world of the investigation of the paranormal, as specifically with ghosts? Oh, we have had uh, quite a bit of fun actually this year, despite the broken ankle. Um, <laughs> one of my members has been using an SLS kinetic camera, which um, is. Kind of newer equipment for us um and i have another member who built her own uh, spirit box portal mm -hmm. uh, so we've been kind of experimenting with that equipment uh, we've had some luck actually with posts which is really kind of fun um, i've got a very good very cohesive team right now and um, i mean by golly they even helped me limp through the halloween <laughs> season this year uh, but we we've got a couple new investigations uh, one of which i had been trying to get for literally 20 years and we finally got it uh, over the summer, and that, uh, that thrilled me to no end. And then we were working with the Suntan Art Center for the World's Largest Ghost Hunt. Um, so it's, it's been quite a year. And on top of all of that, um, I still have my paranormal pug. Uh, I have my, my oldest right now is retired, and he's 16. The active one is about 10 and a half. And because apparently I don't have enough to do, mm -hmm. uh, I ended up with a set of puppies. Oh, and they my are now gosh. about eight months old, but they will be the next generation of paranormal pug. I've got to let them mature out a little bit, but 
so, I mean, it's, it's been kind of an interesting transition, but Patroclus, who is my current guy, he's still uh, young enough to do it, and he'll probably retire in his teens, but, uh, and he's actually been fairly helpful, and he even made the newspaper. So wow. I was like, wow, good for you, buddy. So, so, do, so do dogs have the ability to, to sense spirits? Well, this is where I, I usually tell people pugs aren't dogs. They're canoid, right? But they're a mix of cat, dog, and human. At least they think so. Okay. Um, and so I, I made kind of this uh, joke with myself about 20 years ago, and I thought, well, pugs are they're kind of an artificial breed. They're meant to be companions, right? They hang out with us, and that, that's mm-hmm. really their designation. They don't have much purpose. Uh, I found they can be foot warmers, they can be flea attractors, and they're companions. That's it. Those are the three things I found historically. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, because they're they're so artificial, um, you know, they're not they're not what I would call street smart. <laughs> so they are cute. Uh, they can manipulate you. I mean, they're great at doing that. But oh yeah, you know, I've I've said that if we all were dropped off in a forest and I followed the pugs, they would probably lead me to the poison berries and we'd all die. So. You know, I thought, okay, pugs aren't really going to be that sensitive because they they have been human companions since 500 BCE. And, uh, you know, I kind of posted this little essay, and I put it online because the Internet was burgeoning then. And uh, I got people starting to send me uh, stories of their pug sensing things or even seeing their pug uh, post-death as a ghost. And I thought, well, okay. Uh, so um, I started with my... Uh, first paranormal pug who was uh, odyssey and um he was actually very good i adored odyssey he uh he was just a great great pug very level-headed mm-hmm. and i usually wait for them to be about middle age because at that point they're mature enough to go out uh, we have a set of rules so i have to know the location i'd have to have been there before i have to know where an emergency vet is within the proximity uh, i have to be able to take them off the leash because um, i'm not dragging them anywhere Uh, They don't want to go. They don't go. Um, And uh, it has to obviously be safe enough and nothing harmful because I'm not going to put my pugs into that situation. But um, Odyssey did a great job. Uh, He passed away and Achilles and Odysseus took over. They were a set of uh, littermates brothers uh, and they worked very well together. Uh, But uh, Odysseus died about three years ago and I retired Achilles and I moved on to the Trochilus. So um, I try to pick a pug that seems to have a unique sense of self-awareness and awareness of the surrounding uh, area. So uh, Patroclus went with us to the Suntian Art Center uh, as, a, as a preview. We were doing a couple of investigations before the World Project Ghost Hunt, kind of getting our, our information together. And uh, he was actually quite helpful. He, he did seem to pick up on a couple of areas of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was very pleased. I mean, I, I actually followed him with my little video camera, and uh, you know, we tried to make note of where he was going. Um, and actually, on that pre-investigation, we had a very beautiful set of EVPs that came through, um, uh, a male voice actually, um, which I thought was quite interesting. So uh, yeah, um, I'm kind of looking forward to to seeing how the the new ones do. I have uh, Neoptolemus and Ajax, so. Uh, but again, they're a little young and they're very high strung. Uh, so I'm, I, I've got to let them mature out a little bit. But um, they are adorable. Uh, at the same time, I don't know what I've just done to myself <laughs> because they are 
they are a handful. Like, I, apparently, folks are like, don't you remember having puppies? And I'm like, well, yes, but it's been 12 years. And I don't remember anybody being this active. So everybody <laughs> says, I'm getting older. I'm like, no, they're just naughty puppies. They're just <laughs> naughty puppies. All right, stand by, Dr. Brandy. We've got to take our first break for this hour. And Nation, Dr. Brandy Stark is our guest. And if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Brandy, visit her website, spiritsofstpete.com. And we'll both be back talking about ghosts, things that go bump in the night, and the hereafter on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town. She works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. They say, they say brandy. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Brandy Stark is our special guest this hour. Her website is spiritsofstpete.com. Uh, I know exactly what you mean about dogs, especially when they don't want to move. They just kind of sit there and you have to drag them. We have three here. We have a Shih Tzu, which is the baby. And then we have a Lasso Apsu. And then we have a Shipu. And if anybody asks me who's boss in the house, I say my wife, of course, <laughs> followed by the three dogs. There you go. So you're the bottom of the pack. Of course. Yeah, that's all right. I, I explain to people that uh, my primary job here is just to pay the bills. I mean, the pugs really run the place. So. Oh, it's, it's nice to know I'm not the only person then. <laughs> no, I think we're all. And in fact, they're all sleeping all around me right now. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to keep them from snoring because pugs are quite famous for that. Oh, really? <laughs> so, are they? Guys, be wow. good. But they're they're being good right now. So, whew. let them sleep. <laughs> let sleeping dogs lie, as they say. Doctor Brandy, did you notice any increase in activity over the last two years since the world has been in total uh, disarray? You know, this has been really interesting because um, the studio that I'm in, so when I'm not uh, being a professor and when I'm not doing ghost investigation, uh, I'm an artist and I have a studio down here at Art Loft. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm fortunate enough that it's an old building. It goes back to 1916. And I have to say um, it was very interesting during the COVID pandemic time period to kind of see what happened. Um, so initially, uh, when they shut everything down in St. Petersburg, we even had a curfew. So everything got shut down. 
the landlords basically told us uh, the only thing we could do at our studios was to make an appointment with folks to come in uh, one at a time if, if we needed them to see anything in the studio. And uh, I had an art show, and it had been trapped in my studio. I mean, it, they literally shut everything down the night before the opening reception. So uh, we ended up kind of trying to put the show online, but I had some artists who wanted to see it, and the person who curated the show wanted to you know, do the video. Mm-hmm. So I had two incidences. Uh, the first one was with an artist from uh, Pasco, which is a little drive from here. And when she came down, uh, we were in the building, and it's, I mean, St. Pete was dead quiet, dead quiet. Everything was shut down. About 7 o'clock, I think 9 o'clock was the curfew. And as we're in the building, she's looking at the show, and she heard, uh, actually at the same time, I actually heard somebody murmuring out in the hall. And I thought, that's really strange, because there's no way you can get in this building without making noise. And the front and back of the building were locked. Everything was locked, you know, so that was part of the requirement. If you have somebody come up, you have to lock up the building, you know, so it's just the two of you. So um, we're totally alone. I'm like, who the heck is talking? And I, I looked at her, and at the same time, she turned around and looked at me, and she said, I heard footsteps. And I'm like, okay. I said, I just heard somebody talking. So here we are in this, you know, empty building in empty downtown St. Pete, and the only thing we could do was kind of band together we walk through the building, and we're absolutely alone. Um, the building itself does have a few entities in it. Uh, they are all friendly, I'm happy to say. Uh, but that was, that was very surprising because normally uh, that early in the evening, I very rarely have heard of, of much happening. The ghosts seem to be more active very early, uh, like 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, not 7 in the evening. But I'm wondering if they were a little lonely. Uh, we had a second incident in which the curator came, and she was you know, setting up to do the video. And um, as we're, we're talking, all of a sudden we heard somebody moving through the hall. And once again, same parameters, and we looked out, we walked through the building, and we were completely alone. But after that, um, as COVID kind of dragged on and the artists really weren't coming into the building, nobody really was, um, I would go in on occasion and... Mm-hmm it's kind of like the building was drained of its energy. It just, it was so quiet and so still, and you just didn't feel anything. Nothing happened. Um, Since that time period, I've seen an uptick in energy and activity, and artists are kind of telling me a few things are happening again. Um, uh, Folks are sensing, you know, I do ghost tours, and we'll go through the building, and uh, they're kind of sensing the ghost again, even though it's milder, which is weird. But um, it's, it's been odd, and I have to say that, yes, there does seem to be a greater intensity. We've been getting some better EVPs than we have in years. Wow. So it's like they've got a little more force behind them. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there, if there was a shift within the, the structure of the Earth's electromagnetic field that's enhancing the EVPs. You know, they, I believe at one point they said that um, during COVID, when everybody was grounded, essentially, mm-hmm. they noted that literally the sound level of the planet dropped. You know, so I oh. know that there were some impacts. I mean, you know that there are physical impacts to the world. Um, so it very well could be. It could be a shift. I think, you know, the polar, uh, uh, polar caps are switching again. We have solar flares. We've got another one that's going to come down, I guess, this week uh, there was one that hit over halloween so there's 
it's not just us in chaos right now. It seems it seems like you know it even reaches out to the solar system a bit. Um, but yeah, it it was very interesting. And my theory was the building itself uh, was that perhaps it acts a little bit like a battery, and you have these artists that are coming in, and we bring the public in, and we open up for first or excuse me, second Saturday, and you know artists are are kind of always buzzing through that area during the day. Mm-hmm. And what I was really wondering is if somehow, without having that contact, is the building just kind of drained of that energy, um, which would be kind of an interesting thing. It, it poses the question, uh, you know, if the living isn't, or if the living are not around, uh, do ghosts exist? I mean, do they really need mm-hmm. us to exist? And I, I kind of wonder, you know, if we're not the battery for them. That's an interesting hypothesis. Well, it's only happened once. Hopefully we do not have any more shutdowns or pandemics because one was plenty. In 2020, that was tough. That was really, really tough. But um, I don't know. It was just very, very odd. Uh, It could also be that, of course, we shifted ourselves Mm -hmm. because, you know, here we are and we're not having contact and we're not uh, constantly engaged as we normally are. Uh, and I do think, uh, you know, there are psychological ramifications. There's now workforce ramifications. Oh, I mean, there's definitely. all of these things that are shifting through. So perhaps it's perception-based, you know, from us. But I kind of don't think so. I really kind of wonder if the building just got depleted of energy. So um, artists tend to put off a lot of energy, particularly because of creativeness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, it's, you know, entirely uh, hypothetical, but... Um, I did find it truly, truly intriguing. Um, so we're just going to kind of see how things do. The building is, is definitely being inhabited again. We're open for art walks, and um, you, know, you kind of see the activity buzzing, particularly now because the, the holidays are coming and artists are kind of cranking things out madly. Um, but I, I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, the suntan was a little bit... Uh, Actually, it was almost the same there. I think things got really quiet because they shut down. Um, but what what shocked me, actually, do we have time to talk about the suntan or should I hold on to that for a I've, second? I've got a minute and 40 seconds. Ooh, well, then we might keep them in suspense. But let me give you a tiny bit of history right, and let, we'll let, pick let's, that up if that's okay. Let, let's have uh, a cliffhanger. All right, leave them a cliffhanger. All right, we can do that. But it's cool. It was really interesting uh, because there was a shift in that building, and I know there was a shift. And really? It's wild. It's really neat. How was Halloween in, in your area when, as far as trick-or-treaters? Did you get a lot, or was there a noticeable decline, even though the COVID restrictions while here in Ontario were lifted? We had a, a moderate amount, but they also had it on a Sunday, oh. and they had so many other events yeah. on Sunday, including this huge thing downtown that normally were slammed. Uh, I did go through eight bags of candy in an hour and a half. Uh, so it was moderate, but not like it's been in past years. So it was interesting. Yeah, here last night, uh, Laura and I waited with three big bowls of candy. Nobody came, so candy fest. I- <laughs> Oh, lucky you. Yeah, yeah I, w- I was trying to hold back on the Butterfingers, but doggone it. <laughs> my favorites. They are truly my favorites. Whoops. Did we lose our guest, Craig? I think we did. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial here, Exxon Nation. And when we come back, we'll have Dr. Stark back with us, I hope. Maybe that was the ghost giving her a signal that they're still around.
This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Stark, visit her website, spiritsofstpete.com. That's spiritsofstpete.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break. So whatever you do, don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Brandy Stark is with us. We figured out that what happened was it was the ghosts who were letting us know that they are still around and they're not going to take anything but proof of us saying right here on the show that ghosts are real. There you go. That's, it's the ghost in the machine, although they, anybody who's in this house needs to leave the phone alone. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Exactly. That, that was odd. That was odd. But you know what, it's just going to fit with 2021, and we're just going to go with it because maybe that was a message. <laughs> you have to ask your <laughs> listeners if they got anything during that odd moment there. Dr. Brandy, what was the world's largest ghost hunt? That was actually interesting. This was our fourth year of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm debating on what to do next year because there's certainly a lot of parameters to this event, but... Uh, it's an attempt to create a, a form of paranormal unity, essentially, by getting uh, teams from around the world to do paranormal investigations on basically the fourth Saturday of September. And it's supposed to kind of kick off the Halloween season. Um, last year, of course, with COVID, it just went very independent. And I, I greatly enjoy that, actually. I love that. So we participated on the night, um, and we basically just live streamed uh, on Facebook, but Uh, we ended up checking out Mirror Lake, which is a park that's outside, uh, you know, so that we could keep with the parameters of social distancing and all that good stuff. Um, But uh, this year, it it also kind of serves as a fundraiser and a way to raise awareness. So it's a fundraiser for 
at least for us, we try to donate to the community. And uh, our choice was the Suntan Arts Center, um, which is kind of a cool little center. I was on its board many years ago, and I'm an artist that shows there. Um, I was accepted into their gallery as well. So, um, but as you know, the arts are underfunded, even in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is supposed to be an art city. <laughs> so uh, we opted to do the suntan this year. Um, they allowed us to use their space and to broadcast. Uh, so uh, the World's Artist Ghost Town actually recorded all of these um, events as they were happening around the world. And you can actually find them on YouTube as well and uh it was it was very interesting so the idea is if everybody's doing an investigation at once does that impact uh, the response does that create a, a greater supernatural uh response and did, um, and did it you know it was interesting because um we did get more evps than usual but we had already picked up an extra evp the week before um so i i don't know it Definitely feels more energized. Uh, it's sometimes a little bit harder to control all of the circumstances because you don't know what participants you're going to get. So we did sell some tickets. We had nine ladies. It was an all-female group, actually. Uh, the spirits right now is all women, and it was all women who came. So that was, it was, it was interesting. But the odd thing is that we got male voices on wow. the EVP. Um, and of course, uh, there was one moment of, uh, oddness because the, uh, the building itself is called the Don Cesar, excuse me, uh, the Don, uh, why did I just blank on that? Uh, but anyway, it is next to the Don Cesar. That's what I am trying to say, which is a, a very historic hotel in this area going back to 1928. Um, the Don Cesar and the Don Vista building where the suntan is, uh, they actually seem to have kind of sister histories. So anything that happened to the hotel mm -hmm. also happened to the smaller structure, uh, which is across the parking lot from it because they were a joint piece. So um, the Don Vista building actually goes back to 1924, and it was used by the person who had the vision for the hotel, and his name was Thomas Rowe. He lived in this smaller building, while they were building the hotel. And uh, the story is that uh, once the hotel was built, he moved into a first floor suite. Uh, he ran the hotel for, oh, probably 30 years before he had a heart attack and actually died in the hotel. Uh, the hotel is called uh, the Pink Lady. Uh, it is a huge, huge structure um, in this area. And uh, it opened in 28, 1928. Uh, and what gets to be kind of interesting is that Thomas Rowe was very dedicated to this hotel. Uh, when he died, he had an estranged wife, and he wanted to leave the hotel not to her, but to the people who worked in the hotel. He actually wanted to give the hotel to the employees. And ultimately, um, the nurse who was tending to him refused to be a witness. Uh, according to the legend, and that will was never ratified. And so his wife ended up with the structures. Um, when they fell into her possession, unfortunately, she was not the best businesswoman. Uh, and ultimately, uh, they went into property tax debt, uh, closed, and the U.S. Army bought both properties. And you have to understand, I mean, this is an immense property on, on the beach, mm -hmm. and they bought it for back taxes of $144,000 in the 1940s. Wow. 
So um, the hotel actually became a uh, rehabilitation center for airmen from the war. Mm -hmm. Um, It does have a morgue, or it did at that point. Uh, It is supposed to be haunted not only by Thomas Rowe himself, uh, but also by some of the soldiers who died uh, during the hospital period. Um, And eventually it gets closed down again. At one point, it's almost torn down. And in the late 70s, uh, there's a woman, uh, June Hurley, who actually was on Romper Room, believe it or not. She was the hostess of Romper Room, which is a kid's show from that time period, who uh, kind of rallied the community and they saved the hotel. It eventually uh, reopened as a hotel, and it's still a hotel today. Uh, Now, the poor little suntan, the, the Don Vista building, uh, has existed right alongside this hotel all this time. And so everything that happens to the hotel happens to it, but it's always kind of a secondary focus. It's a secondary building. So when Thomas Rowe moved into the hotel, the Don Vista hosted offices for administration of the hotel and a small bank for customers. Uh, when it was sold to the Army, it then housed uh, doctor's offices, Uh, When the hotel eventually closed down, this building continued to operate as a fishery and wildlife office. Uh, They actually had the library there, uh, and it actually housed a fire engine, the only one in St. Pete Beach for a time. Um, And then once that ends, uh, it basically kind of sits empty for a short time, and then it goes and becomes uh, the Suntan Arts Center. So this, this group existed from the 60s, but they needed a place to be. They worked up a deal with the city and that's where it becomes the suntan but uh the question is uh is it haunted like the donses are yeah um and it turns out uh this world's largest ghost town i think gave us some clarity because i started to investigate it when i was still on the board uh we had this poor little center has one full-time employee and at that time she mentioned that she would come in early and when she did she always felt like she wasn't alone and that she sometimes heard shuffling, uh, like somebody was walking through the building, and kind of had the impression that she was being watched. I'm like, hey, I'm a paranormal investigator. <laughs> and uh, the board was like, yeah, check it out. We, uh, we did host a couple of haunted tours after our investigation to raise money for the suntan and bring some publicity. And uh, what we discovered were uh, basically multiple ghosts in the structure. Uh, one we called the hostess. She was up on the second floor in the largest room, and uh, today it's a members gallery, but she loves for people to come and to look around and to enjoy the center. Um, And what is so strange is that we hosted three investigations, and then we, for three years in a row, we did the ghost tours through the building. And every sensitive I had described a woman who wore a headband. And that was very odd because these were not the same people going through each time. Um, the second figure we called the running man because uh, he would not stop. All he did was he was like constantly running up and down the hall. Some people felt that he was marching. Um, if we tried to communicate with him, he would kind of get out of the way. So folks would, sensitives were like, yeah, he's, he's going into the storage room. He's just, he's moving out of our way. Um, but the odd thing was that people felt like he was not liked by the hostess, that there was a bit of, an issue between these two entities that he was on the first floor, she was on the second floor. So when we did our investigation this year, this is where it gets to be a bit unusual. 
Um, there is a female presence uh, that was picked up pre-investigation and during the world's largest ghost hunt, but she was very weak. Um, and in fact, uh, she she was the one who was kind of staying out of the way. She would uh, kind of go back, you know, to the back of the room or kind of on the periphery. Um, we did get a couple of EVPs of her um, saying, mm-hmm, or humming, which was kind of interesting. And uh, what was odd is that there was not as much activity on the first floor, but this male presence moved up to the second floor in a room that prior to these investigations was not haunted, had no activity whatsoever. All right, Dr. Brandy, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have a bit of a cliffhanger here because I do oh. have to take my final break, so please stand by. Okay. An explanation, if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Brandy Stark, visit spiritsofstpete.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. There we go. That's uh, She's an Amusement Park by a friend of mine in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Michael J. McCurley and uh, his band called Band from Heaven. I wonder why that is. ExoNation, <laughs> if you'd like to uh, send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And uh, if, you'd li- if you like classic rock, if you like classic music, if you like classic talk, visit. You ready? www.classic1220.ca. That's for Classic 1220 in St. Catharines, Ontario, CFAJ. All right, Dr. Brandy, first of all, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. And um, please continue about these ghosts, these one who lives one place and one... Can you see a ghost actually lives somewhere? So we... uh... Yeah, this this was this was what was so strange is that uh, in between uh, the early investigations and this year's investigation, there was an energy shift. So there's a female that's up on the second floor. There was a male that was solely on the first floor, and the two did not interact. But we discovered this year that the the suntan actually kind of rearranged some of its rooms downstairs, and they brought in some new staff. And so the office area changed. The first floor got a different usage. And the entity that was on the first floor moved up to the second floor to a room that previous to this 
had absolutely no activity. Now we're picking up EVPs from this man uh, in this room. The pug uh, actually did a pre-investigation with us. He was going right to that room. I mean, it was really strange. I don't think this is where these long-term cases get to be kind of fun because I can study art loft because I have a studio there and I can do it for years and I can observe and document the shifts in the building. Uh, and the suntan is now kind of that second area that I've been able to uh, do a long-term uh, study and documentation on. Um, and this was completely a surprise to me. Uh, we had not investigated for probably three years in between uh, the first set and this set of investigations and to actually have that transformation was just, uh, unexpected. Um, what we ended up learning during the world's largest ghost hunt uh, is that uh, at one point, um, one of the EVPs uh, actually says, uh, I, I'm actually talking, saying we're going to open up an investigation and we're going to get out our equipment and a male voice comes back and it says, don't do it. And it's one of the loudest EVPs I've had. Uh, again, all women inside the building, not an outside noise. I'm like, okay. Uh, but at the end of the investigation, we're kind of talking as a group during the world's largest ghost hunt. And uh, we said, well, what do you surmise from all this? Uh, and the general consensus was that these are entities that are not permanent to the building, but that they come over to the building from the hotel and that they come over to this building in order to kind of have a moment of rest or because there's artists and activity, um, but they try to stay out of the way. And the weirdest part of that is that as soon as the person says that, because, of course, we're recording everything, because sure. this is a paranormal event, mm -hmm. uh, you hear a male voice say, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. I mean, that just kind of blew my mind uh, that they kind of rotate through the building. Um, you know, they come across the mm -hmm. parking lot and that they are attracted to the artists and the creativity of the building, uh, but they also don't want to interfere. <laughs> so... It in, was, it was you, an amazing event. In your opinion, who are more perceptive to the paranormal, men or women? In this case, I have to say women. Mm -hmm. um, I did do a, a bit of a study. Men and women, literally, I mean, no question on it, they, they see the world in different ways. Yeah. Uh, slightly different eyes, slightly different brain setup. Mm -hmm. uh, women um, actually oftentimes feel dismissed. Uh, because of their intuition and their feelings, because, of course, that's what women are kind of pulling from. Uh, I do try to tie sensitivity with equipment. Uh, we did get SLS kinetic camera readings. We were getting some thermal imagery. We got these EVPs. We were getting some EMF. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really was It was interesting, particularly in an all-women's group, to have this male <laughs> who was definitely hanging around. And we kind of joked, and we said, you know, there's, uh, there's 16 women here in this room, and we all want to talk with you. <laughs> so it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, kind of all made us laugh because here's this gentleman, uh, and I said, you're surrounded by lovely ladies. And, uh, you know, he really didn't respond a lot to that, but he did at least respond to our summation. And uh, I, I'm hoping that they'll let us do it again. I really found this very intriguing um, and I'm curious to see what we can follow up with. Is there any time of the year that is that is more active than other parts of the year when it comes to the results that you and your group get uh, during investigations? You know, this year has been very odd because we have had some of our strongest responses really since uh, June. 
uh, June, July, August, uh, September, and now October. So it does seem for us to be summer into fall. Uh, it used to be spring. We would get more activity. Um, I don't know if it's because there's now so much more focus on Halloween. Uh, and Halloween, of course, now starts in August or in July, technically. That's when all of the, the stuff starts coming out in the stores, uh, that people are not only more focused on it, but perhaps providing more energy, more belief. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this this has been very unusual, uh, although I will say last year we did have a case where an entity uh, would turn on and off lights on request, which wow. is really pretty cool. So, um, yeah, but it's uh, right now we're definitely having some stuff going on, which is really neat. How do you prepare for an investigation? Uh, is there any... You, is there any cleansing that you do? Is there any protection that you afford yourself and the other members of your team? Um, I usually advise folks to prepare themselves individually. Um, mm-hmm. As an academic, you know, I, I try to make sure that I'm in a you know, positive mind state, which is basically the one thing you can do. Um, so, you know, I even will make note if I had a headache and I took an aspirin or not. But, you know, because I think that's important, you, you need to know. But um, ultimately, uh, it's really just trying to make sure that we're calm, uh, you know, I do tell folks, no drinking, no drugs. I mean, I've got a good team. They don't do that. But you know what I mean? Uh, you know, come, uh, you know, prepared. Um, I myself actually uh, taught to study abroad in, in uh, Rome. And so I have, even though I'm not Catholic, I do have some blessed medallions mm-hmm. uh, because we saw the Pope and we got blessed as a crowd. And I'm like, all right, I'm wearing these ghost hunting. <laughs> um, but ultimately, um, you know, we do try to kind of, I try to come to an investigation uh, kind of with a, uh, an openness. You know, my hope is that they feel comfortable to communicate. Uh, but at the same time, there's no possession happening here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just, you know, trying to make them feel comfortable while also protecting ourselves. But I do know some members might pray. Uh, some folks have, you know, their own talismans. Uh, some do have, you know, protection uh, herbs or mm-hmm. things along the lines uh, that they, you know, have a potion that they use. And that's okay. You know, as a team, uh, we simply accept and trust each other to be protected and to protect each other. How long does a, an average paranormal investigation take when you and your team do one? We typically aim for about three hours. Uh, now, that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but we can do follow-up investigations. Uh, but I find that after about three hours, people begin to fatigue. Yes, sir. Uh, and the, the attention, you know, you need the attention to the detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's next for Dr. Brandy? Ooh, well, we did release uh, uh, an updated version of uh, Supernatural St. Petersburg and Paranormal Pinellas. It's the expanded edition, so I've combined both volumes, updated all the chapters, and added three new entries. And there, uh, vi- so and- it's 215 pages, and you wow. can get it on Amazon. Okay. Um, we're still looking for folks to interview for Paranormal Pets. I'm still doing my podcast uh, through Pet Life Radio. And um, actually, in November, my whole goal right now is just to recover from the past <laughs> week and rest. But uh, we are looking at doing an investigation at a, a local airport Ooh. that has uh, a pilot that passed away who haunts the, the building. And he's given us a nice EVP uh, because I kept mispronouncing his name. And in the middle of one of our sessions, I said, is this Mr. Tomlinson? 
and you get a nice EVP back saying it's Thompson. <laughs> so wow. I will have to apologize to him and see if he'll communicate with us a little bit more. Dr. Stark, as always, great talking to you. Take care of yourself. No more, no more hurting yourself. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone. Absolutely. Thank you, and happy Halloween. And happy Halloween to you, too. Take care of yourself, doctor. You. And, oh, do me a favor. Pet the, uh, pet the yeah. dogs for me. Yeah. I will do so. Thank Dr. you. Good night, doctor. And Exonation, right. if you'd like more information about our guest this hour, Dr. Brandy Stark, what a lady. Visit her website at www.spiritsofsaintpete.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue... On the other side of the news as well, at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour, as we continue right here from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Oh, oh, oh.